You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Uh, It is 2.06 p.m. on Thursday. We like to call that Friday Eve around here. And uh, Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I am ready to go today. Like I just woke you up there. I know. <laughs> no. hey, you had, <laughs> I've hey, had a full day, and I'm happy to be here. You have, By the way, shout out to Big Dave Big and our Dave. affiliate down there in uh, Birmingham, WXJC 101.1 <laughs> FM, the, one, of our, uh, one of our syndicated stations. And uh, you spent the morning with Big Dave, I understand. Yeah, I did. It was, it was awesome. That's good stuff. It was good, good, good stuff. stuff. All right. We love you, Big Dave. Uh, hey, listen. We got all kinds of stuff laid on for the show today, and not the least of which is we have some breaking news because just moments ago, the president finally decided to address the balloon issue. Um, so, yeah, President Biden addressed the China spy flights and the downed objects. Uh, very interesting. And also what's interesting is what was not said. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, it's going to be one of those kind of developing pieces of the show because it was it, is, it was not part of my early morning resourcing of the show. It just happened live, and I was watching it as we were finishing up uh, coming on the air. So uh, there's that. Then I've got 3.30 p.m. today. One of my favorite moments of every single week now is when we get Boomer and the lovely McQueen in studio for a segment of Boomer and McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me some more applause on that one. We, oh, I did the whoop whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> And the applause. There we go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll be in the area all day. So, the um, yeah, 3.30 p.m., Boomer and McQueen will do that. And then at 4 o'clock, he hadn't been on in a while, so it's overdue to have uh, Matt Clark from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. We're going to be on with him talking about uh, a section of our dippers today about the actual fight against abortion and uh, and what he's got in his thoughts right now about legal options that are available. So, yeah, 4 o'clock p.m. today, Matt Clark, the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. And then there's that whole triple dipper thing. So hit it, bud. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper, three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, I'm calling it the race to race. The race to race. Have you ever noticed this lately? I know you have because y'all are paying attention to the world around you, but it's, it's liberals lately, in the last few years especially, Everything revolves around race, and if it doesn't, they'll try to squeeze it in there. They'll 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 shave the corners off that square peg and make it fit in that round hole if they can prove racism. Well, it's not always racism, but they want it to be. They they desperately want it to be. Why? So they can keep you as a victim. So yeah, number one of the triple dipper, the race to race. We'll talk about that in detail. Number two, military readiness. There's a lot happening. Not the least of which is we just had a Black Hawk helicopter go down right here in the listening area, just outside of Huntsville, over there towards the harvest uh, tragedy. But that's not a true indication of military readiness. But we will mention it, and we'll also honor those men who served and who, who died yesterday in a training flight. But we'll talk about military readiness in general. And what does it mean that China's floating balloons over – why would China even do that? We'll talk about it in great detail, military readiness, number two on the Triple Dipper. And then number three – the fight for life, because it's a fight, y'all. 
we won a huge battle. I mean, this is like like a grand scale type battle. If the if the abortion and pro life advocates can be considered adversaries, which they are, then we're looking at a battle was just fought in the Dobbs decision. But now what's happening is the battles have moved out to the states, and we'll talk about that. What is happening right now in abortion and abortion law and abortion fights in the fight for life? That's number three on the Triple Dipper. All right, let me jump over to my comments though. So. You know, the whole thing I'm doing there about the race to race. Well, let me just ask, first off, if I don't know if you saw it or not, but just this morning I came across an article that was like one of those no way he said that kind of moments, and he did. So CNN's perpetually awkward Don Lemon has decided that he knows when a woman's in her prime and that Nikki Haley is just not there. What? That's right. Lemon believes that former Governor Nikki Haley is past her prime, should therefore be cautious about hitting on Biden and Trump being octogenarians. Well, Don, she's 51, nearly three decades younger than the current president. Well, in his verbal stumblings, Don Lemon said this. He said, quote, this whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says, people, you know, politicians are something if not in their prime. Well, Nikki Haley's not in her prime. I'm sorry. A woman is considered to be in their prime in her 20s, 30s, and maybe 40s. <laughs> okay. I mean, sure, Don, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a partisan hack who wants to believe that no one would ever dare to run against your ticket, right? So attack the policies, man. Point out the true character issues, but let's not create narratives that define an entire age group or any other group for that matter and try to make them out to be victims because of their age or their color or their gender. I mean, isn't that what liberals call ableism and racism and ageism? The difference is, though, it's apparently okay when liberals like Don Lemon do it. You may recall a story from last year about a company called Penzi's Spices. I talked about it once early last year. Maybe they're well-known in some circles, but they're not in mine. But anyway, the CEO of that company that I've never heard of decided to send out a newsletter to all of his customers and let them know that on behalf of his company that I've never heard of, that he was renaming the Martin Luther King Day weekend as Republicans are Racist Weekends. You heard me upon which he went on a written diatribe extolling the virtues of Black Lives Matter's organization and insinuating that what Republicans do, actually do, is somehow fantasize about killing black people. I mean, for the love. This was his second such email in weeks in which he told his customers that Republicans are the number one threat to the country. Now, I don't know if the old CEO Penzi makes good spices, but I do know he doesn't make good sense. But that said, his vitriolic commentary and that of Don Lemon's, they don't really make me mad. Were they offensive? Yes. But I don't have time to chase down sad little people like that. In truth, I feel sorry for someone who spends all the God-given time and resources at their disposal to do nothing but try to tear down and discourage and create victim mentalities. Now, I've been both a student and a teacher of leadership, and I can tell you that you can take all the positive leadership attributes and opportunities in the world, and you can still use them for negative purposes. I mean, basically, you can be a negative leader or a positive leader. You can create a constructive environment or you can create an environment that leads to the worst at, at all times, like Don Lemon or the sad sack CEO of Penzi Spices. Now, my personal theory is that negative leadership like that often stems from a victim mentality themselves. We're victims, therefore we must lash out, says Don Lemon. Well, let me tell you something that most of you already know. You're only a victim if you choose to be one. Let me tell you about a man whose story inspired me. Some of you may know the story of Brigadier General Charles McGee. He just passed away last year at the age of 102. But hang on, I'm going to tell you more. You see, Charles McGee 
was actually a significant figure in the history of our U.S. armed forces. He was born in 1919 in Ohio. He was a black man growing up in a very divided society. The laws, the norms, traditions, and mindsets had not yet caught up with our Constitution at that time, and black Americans did indeed live under the shadow of an actual separate America back then. But Charles McGee, he was no victim. He was a worker. His father instilled in him a work ethic that stayed with him throughout his entire life. And just prior to World War II, then-President Roosevelt initiated the integration of the U.S. Armed Forces to include black citizens. Well, sort of. They could serve, but they could not lead. And even then, certain jobs were restricted. But in 1941, Charles McGee heard that a new program calling for black men to be allowed to serve as combat pilots was being initiated. And without hesitation, he took the test and he volunteered. Eventually, as the war broke out, Charles McGee became one of what we now call the Tuskegee Airmen, who trained at the Tuskegee Army Airfield right here in Alabama. It was a landmark moment in combat aviation, but it was still stymied by the same prejudices that had delayed the program for so long. And then, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt took an interest, and she decided she was going to go down there and visit that Tuskegee program. And what she did sent shockwaves. She asked if one of the black pilots would take her up for a flight. Just the two of them in a two-seater training aircraft, a biplane. After that, the program was off and running. And the Tuskegee Airmen, who became known as the Red Tails, went on to serve with utmost distinction, numerous citations for bravery, one of the strongest combat service records of any fighter escort group in the entire European theater. I was proud, too, when I was a state senator, to have passed legislation that was deemed instrumental in bringing the legacy unit of the Red Tails, the 187th Fighter Wing, to Alabama, where they are now stationed at Danley Field at Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery. Those men of the original Tuskegee Airmen, they showed the world that the color of a man's skin did not determine his merit or his worth or his abilities. And one of those men was Charles McGee. So McGee went on to serve his country for over 30 years, and over time he amassed more combat flights than nearly any other pilot in U.S. military history. Over 409 combat flights in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. He retired as a full colonel. He was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross three times, the Bronze Star, and other awards. In 2007, he received the Congressional Gold Medal. In 2011, he was inducted in the National Aviation Hall of Fame, and in 2020, President Trump had him promoted to Brigadier General. And he appeared in uniform at the State of the Union Address, looking sharp as ever at the age of 100. Brigadier General Charles McGee said some things that ought to be written on monuments somewhere. In one instance, he said this. He said, quote, They told us you don't have the capacity. They told us you don't lack the technical ability or the moral fiber. I wanted folks to respect me for my ability, not the happenstance of my birth. If you want respect, you have to give respect. And then he also said this, quote, Our country is more diverse than it's ever been. What is the strength of our country? It's the ability of people. If you don't get the best out of everybody, who knows what the country's lost? See, Charles McGee, he had every reason to live like a victim, to live the way that Don Lemon thinks that people ought to live. He had every reason to lead his troops, though, with a constant chip on his shoulder. Why not? He grew up in the actual era in which racial discrimination was not just prevalent, it was allowed. In some venues, it was even expected. And he overcame every hurdle, lifestyle, education, career, combat service, and he did so without the vitriol and spite that tired little men like Don Lemon or the CEO of Penzi Spices have shown themselves to be so ready to spread. Lemon and Penzi, they're about screaming about all the reasons why not and labeling challenges that assign victimhood to people. But the real lessons, the ones that change the world, come from men like Charles McGee. And those are lessons, man. And his life was an amazing example. That you are only a victim if you choose to live like a victim. 
Brigadier General Charles McGee passed away at the age of 102 last year, a combat leader, and really just a leader in general, an overcomer, an example, and never, ever a victim. And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way. Yeah, there's a story. I'm going to tell you right now, folks like Don Lemon and, you know, the organization of Black Lives Matter and um, what's her name, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the 1619 Project, or this guy, Penzi Spices, CEO. I mean, I'm just saying, they want to believe that there is no way to achieve, but what they don't recognize is that when you assign victimhood, some people will choose to be victims because you told them to be a victim. But then you can find people like Charles McGee who could have lived like a victim and we would have never, you know, questioned it. But he didn't. He overcame every single thing thrown in his way. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Um, I mean, there's so many things to update on that I'm looking around. I, I tell you what, though, I got to update a couple things on the text line. Text lines are open, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Um, a couple of them just, just really, I'm just loving this. So number one, congratulations to one of our listeners, William from Huntsville, who just texted me in. Uh, Boomer, have you seen it? They, they, they just had their baby today. So we got pictures of little baby ruffian, uh, little baby baby ruffian, William from Huntsville. Congratulations. Blessings on you and your family. And uh, I said baby ruffian in the text back, and he said, uh, yep, we're going to raise him right. Listen to Right Side Radio. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, anyway, uh, so, so glad for y'all. Uh, Allison from Madison uh, just texted us from Jamaica. Jamaica. Uh, look at the Ooh, view. Look at these pictures. All right. So I'm just saying, she says, Right Side Radio goes international, spreading the right side way along the beaches of Jamaica, listening live. Man. Man, I'm just, okay. I'm just thinking, we need to do like a remote from there. <laughs> a remote from Jamaica. <laughs> a live you hear remote. the beach going, yeah. Yeah, somebody in the background going, hey, Mon. But um, <laughs> all right. So that's, that's, that's cool. Thank you, Allison. We appreciate you. Uh, John from Huntsville just texted in and says, did you see the creepy Joe Biden press conference about the Chinese balloons? I did. I did. And then, so, uh, I think it was just as notable what did not get said or done in that press conference as what was said or done. So what I was able to catch, uh, cause we were in the final stages of getting ready to come on the air was, was, um, it was one of those press conferences too, where Biden is reading the controlled script and he's giving out not a lot of details. And then he um, walked out without questions. And, you know, he started, and I'll be honest with you, it was kind of, for a second there, I thought, I even told Boomer, I said, look, oh, they caught him, they caught him, because he was walking away without taking questions. And then he, he heard something, and you can tell he stopped. He turned around, and he was trying to figure out who was asking that question, because everybody's shouting at him. And, and granted, I will say that's a confusing environment. But he looked like he was way out in left field and trying to figure out, you know, is the ball coming my way? <laughs> so he, um, he, he, he tried to take questions, and then somebody 
kind of yelled over the top of him and, and, and asked uh, something about his family's dealings in China, to which he responded, come on, man. And he turned around and walked out. And that was it. So no questions. Uh, what he did not address at all, at all, is the train wreck and the chemical you know, issues going on in East Palestine, Ohio. I mean, didn't he mention it? And Pete Buttigieg hadn't been there. And so the Biden administration has really taken a hands-off approach to this whole catastrophe that has got people saying they're breaking out in rashes, their throats are sore, they, their animals are dying, and, and yet where's the EPA? Where's the federal government? It's just unbelievable. So there's that. That was not talked about. He also said, too, this is interesting, that with regards to the four shootdowns, four, we had four shootdowns. One's the big giant balloon that flew all the way across God's green earth, and, and they shot it down over the, uh, the waters off South Carolina. That's the one that we know for a fact is a Chinese spy balloon. The other three, one over Alaska, one over Lake Huron, one over Canadian airspace, uh, but all three shot down by uh, U.S. Uh, pilots. In his briefing today, he said, we don't know what they were. Huh. He did say, though, something to the effect of they believe that they were non-military and that they were likely related to some private entity or a research institute or something, and they're still working on that. I, I, Boomer, I hazard the guess that if you or I lost our research balloon, we would be calling somebody saying, hey, dude, you shot down our balloon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was uh, my balloon just doing some <laughs> research up here, and uh, I had my license right here, yeah. and uh, that was my balloon, guys. Yeah, and, and, and here's my receipt, so I want you to pay me back for it. <laughs> but but then on the other hand, what? I mean, I was thinking, okay, the government is, uh, I mean, how much was one of those missiles? It was, mm. it was, it was a lot. Like a four hundred thousand dollar pop. Yeah. What happens if they didn't have their license to fly their meta, their their balloon up there? Are they going to give them the bill? Oh yeah. Maybe you don't say something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. you don't say. Don't make something. eye contact. Say nothing. That say was nothing. Balloon? What balloon? I'm I, sorry. It was just my weather balloon. <laughs> yeah. That was for my project. That was just from my my. That was just the uh, bouncy house at my son's birthday party <laughs> that got away. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I did see it, John and everybody else. And if we can develop some more information out of it, we will. But what it basically amounted to was um, not a lot. I will say it was important that he spoke at all. It was. Um, but it was also glaring what he did not speak about. All right, let's take the break. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right.
And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and even Mississippi, just for good measure. Hey, uh, before I jump into the Triple Dipper, i got to just remind everybody, have your weather plan in place, all right? Just keep an eye on things. I know schools all over the listening area have even closed early. Uh, Boomer, your little guy, y'all had to pick him up at, uh, what, like noonish today, right? Yeah, man, yeah. school's closed early, getting ready for the storms. All right, well, big storms uh, potential. Uh, mm. You know, you, you always look at it knowing the potential is there. You don't know until it gets there, but you just, you got to be ready. Um, and, and I would encourage you to have your, your weather plan in place. You know, take care of your pets. Uh, secure your vehicles. The, the you know, if you got things sitting out of the deck that can get blown around, move them in and and know how to um, know how to react timely uh, to you know quick changes in the weather. So what we're looking at right now is the vast majority of our listening area. I would say probably two thirds of the state of Alabama actually is in what they call the uh, enhanced risk of severe weather uh, category, which right now is the highest uh, for the state. So. You know, if you're looking at the colors, green, yellow, orange, uh, green being uh, a marginal, yellow being slight, most of us are going to be in the enhanced risk. And they're saying right now, uh, they're looking at the possibility of severe weather with tornadoes, uh, to include strong tornadoes. I mean, there's, there's weak ones, I guess, but all tornadoes are bad in my opinion. Uh, wind gusts up to 70 miles an hour. They're calling for potential for hail up to the size of golf balls. How do they predict the size of hail? I don't even know how that works. But, and several inches of rain starting late in the afternoon, going into the overnight hours. So anyway, all I'm saying is this, y'all. Be mindful. Uh, keep a weather eye out. Uh, know how to uh, check the weather. Know where your candles and uh, flashlights are. And, um, and just uh, respond accordingly. Stay safe. All right. That being said, let me uh, jump on over to the triple dipper. So number one, I'm doing this thing. I'm, I'm calling this whole section the race to race. So it just, it irks the crap out of me, to be honest, that, that every time we see something happening, that liberals want to charge it with racism before they go too much further. I mean, that's their easy out. If they don't know what else to do, it's racism. If they don't, if they don't know how to respond, it's racism. If they don't know how to uh, deal with the actual issues or talk the topics or, you know, label the policies or have a counter argument or just a, a, a true discourse, a debate, then, then racism gets thrown down. I will caveat by saying, I know that racism exists. Don't call in here and say, Phil, you're ignoring the fact that raci racism exists. It just does. But it's not systemic. It's not. It's not that we are a racist nation that needs to be taken down a notch. We don't. And, and, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm broadcasting from the great state of Alabama. Does Alabama have a checkered history? Certainly it does. Boomer and I were talking about this during the break. It's amazing the, the, how Alabama has been on both ends of what I would call the racist spectrum over the, 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 its, its entire existence. I mean, the capital of the Confederacy, and yet you can also find the birthplace of Martin Luther King's movement uh, in civil rights, Rosa Parks, all of that. You can, you, can, you can also look at, I mentioned a while ago, the Tuskegee Airmen from Tuskegee, Alabama, where they were trained and became world-renowned. And also, by the way, uh, they, were, they were true glass ceiling breakers. You can, you can look at the things that have happened here. I don't think any state has come further than the state of Alabama. But liberals don't want to acknowledge that. 
Because liberals need a victimhood mentality in order to get their agenda pushed forward. Because if you're not a victim, then that means you're an achiever. If you're not a victim, that means you believe in self-governance, self-reliance, self-determination. But if you're a victim, if they can convince you that you're in bad way and you'll never be able to amount to anything because someone else is keeping you down, then you'll constantly turn to them for help. And I got news. That is not the way that a true um, capitalist, a true free market, uh, a true democracy exists. We exist on the basis of people who refuse to be victims. Our nation was birthed because we refused to be victims. We could still be idly sitting around our tables getting mad because the British are charging too much for tea if we wanted to, even today. But we chose not to be victims. Well, I mean, so the, the, the whole thing yesterday with Don Lemon, oh my gosh, that guy. Not for nothing, but somebody needs to just go ahead and, and help him with a new career. But uh, Don Lemon um, made his comments about Nikki Haley, Pastor Prime. I, I doubt it. By the way, I doubt if he said that when, when uh, Hillary Clinton was running. Just saying. Hey, Boomer, we, we, look up uh, Hillary Clinton, find out how old she is, and then subtract uh, five from that. Let's see how old she was when she ran in 2016, or that, subtract six, actually, um, and, and tell me what, how old she was. But Nikki Haley, though, I, I, I'm not saying she's my candidate. I'm not going to endorse a candidate. But I will tell you that um, some of the things she's been saying lately have been pretty sharp. Uh, what you got it? Yeah. yeah, she was seventy. She's seventy-five now, so seventy. She was seventy when she ran in twenty sixteen, ish. Thereabouts, ish. depending on when her ish. birthday was. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's okay. So I, I, I guess Don Lemon needs to go back and recognize that uh, Hillary Clinton, according to him, was past her prime. Hmm. Um, anyway, I got a piece from the Hill, thehill.com, dated yesterday. Nikki Haley criticizes U.S. self-loathing. America is not a racist country, she said, and she would know. Why? Because she's the child of first-generation immigrants. She's actually of Indian descent. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley criticized what she said is a self-loathing that's taking over the U.S. and dismissed accusations that the country is racist during her campaign launch. Here's her quote. She said, a self-loathing has swept our country. It's in the classrooms, the boardrooms, the back rooms of every government. Every day we're told that America is flawed, rotten, and full of hate. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris even say America is racist. Nothing could be further from the truth. So she's getting all out there, man. She's getting right into culture wars. She's not even slowing down. She's going to wade right into it. She says, I'm the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. My parents left India in search of a better life. They lived in South Carolina, and our town came to love us, but it wasn't always easy. We were the only Indian family. So what she's saying is, I know what it means to look different than my peers, and guess what? She's running for president. Oh, no, by the way, she's a Republican who does not believe this country is racist. But yet the Democrats always have what I call the race to race. How quickly can we get to the race issue? Well, it's going to make you matter. <laughs> this is a story that just ticked me off. So somebody who I greatly admire as a person is Justice Clarence Thomas. The things that he endured just to be able to take a seat on the Supreme Court. By the way, who he endured at the hands of none other than Joe Biden, who headed up the confirmations hearings where 
basically it got so bad that Justice Thomas himself said at the time, this was a political lynching. That's what he said. Well, you've got a guy, Justice Thomas, a black man, who has risen to greatness from poverty, who has an amazing story of growing up in the Jim Crow South, who knows what it means to overcome societal mores and, and laws and things that would have otherwise held him back, but he chose not to be a victim. And so Georgia Republicans, Republicans who are proud of him, they want to put up a statue on the Capitol grounds. You know, and I, I, got, I got news. I, I, the author and I of this article that I'm looking at from National Review, we share a thing about, you know, is it really, do you need to build a statue to somebody who's still living? Anyway, that aside, they point out there's already a statue of Jimmy Carter on the uh, Capitol grounds who's still with us. He's 98 years old. But it says, Justice Thomas is undoubtedly worthy of honor in his home state and worthier than many of the most notable Georgians of the past. His rise from the humblest rural poverty in a place called Pinpoint, Georgia, his unique position as the only the second African-American to ever serve on the Supreme Court, his 31-year tenure on the court, only four Georgians have ever sat on the nation's highest court. But yet Georgia Democrats are not taking the idea well about Republicans building a statue because what they claim is that he's nothing but, in their words, their words, an Uncle Tom. That's just maddening to me. State Senator Nan Orock of Atlanta said his service is problematic. There's a cloud over his service, and that cloud continues today. State Senator Emanuel Jones, a Democrat from Decatur, Georgia, who is also black, by the way, called Thomas an Uncle Tom, saying that justice, the Justice Thomas is like someone who has, quote, sold his soul to the slave master. Well, there's a whole lot of reasons why that's offensive. And it's sad, by the way. But the race to race, um, we, can, we, can, we can only hope that the Georgia Republicans prevail on this because Justice Thomas needs to be honored as a person. But it went straight to race. And because he doesn't toe their line, they had to throw down racism. And then, oh, by the way, they had to insult him to fight the fact that he has shown the world what it means to overcome racism. Just, just, just ticks me off. The race to race. All right, Boomer, take a break, man. We'll take a break right now. We'll come back. I'm going to keep this thing going. Did you know that medical schools are the places where you go now to learn how to defeat systemic racism? Oh, <laughs> yeah. And how about this? What about that lady who actually is in charge of diversity, equity, and inclusion for all of the Department of Defense schools? But she's a racist. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Boomer, that's one of my favorite bumps. It's so good. 
And, and you know, and we might need to even talk about like updating some of our bumps, but that one stays on the list. Dude. That that needs to stay on the list. Yeah, we need to. I need to do a, a revamp of some of them. We got to go in there and find a few good ones. Yeah. Uh, but we got uh, that, that one though. That one fires me up every time. <laughs> um, hey, uh, a couple of texts. The text lines are open. 833-687-4448. Uh, Brian from Huntsville says Joe Biden statue to come and on his side under his bicycle. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Randall from, I mean, Missy from Falkville uh, sent me something saying that it, it, it appears that there's a vaccine requirement to attend a Nikki Haley event, but it was from last November. And I asked the question, is that something her, I don't think her campaign would mandate. That'd be, that'd be political suicide right now, but I would not be a bit surprised to find out, Missy, that it's the venue. I remember we, Charlene and I actually um, uh, took some time to go to Savannah uh, for our anniversary a couple years ago, and, and there were two concerts we decided to attend while we were there. One of them required masking, and the other one didn't, and it was the venue that was, that was making the difference. Um, uh, what else have I got here? Uh, okay, I guess I'll move on. Oh, Randall from Newmarket reminds me I need to start digging it. When I start citing, and Randall, I just didn't leave it out on purpose, but anyway, he said you need to have some knowledge about Booker T. Washington. I, I agree. Also for Alabama, I agree. Uh, back on this uh, race-to-race thing, and we're going to carry this through the top of the hour probably, but um, here's one. So this is the race-to-race. What? First of all, you know, have you noticed how many times we see that wokeisms are in places that don't even seem to relate. Like, why is Disney fighting, you know, uh, against legislation to sexualize children? What's that got to do with being Disney? Or why is um, Delta Airlines calling out the state of Georgia, where they live and reside, by the way, calling out the state of Georgia because of their voting laws, which, by the way, got totally debunked, and they had record turnouts. Thank you very much. All the you look at when you look at woke uh, corporate America, you think y'all are outside your lane, man. Could you please? Could you go to the gun range and shoot inside the left and right limits, please? Could you just stay on target? Well, the other thing that we're seeing right now, and it's 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 not just in this one that I've got in my hands, but uh, RedState.com has an article dated uh, January twelfth says medical school hosts a task force to eradicate white racism locally and more broadly. Medical school. It's a medical school it's where they teach you how to dissect cadavers and learn how to be a proctologist. They're, they're, I'm just saying, this is, what's this got to do with anything? It says, last month, the Washington University in St. Louis, how did I come up with proctologist? Why was that the first thing I went to? Boomer's, is, Boomer's, Boomer's not even going to turn his mic on for that one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, right when you said it, I was like, all right. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving along. Last month, the Washington University in St. Louis's School of Medicine uh, Cardiovascular Division tweeted out an upcoming event. It said, all Washington University cardiovascular faculty, fellows, and staff are encouraged to attend and participate in Wednesday's special on findings of the anti-racism task force presented by, and it names the person, the person's name is Karen Joint Maddox. Karen Joint Maddox, who on her profile identifies as she, her, Black Lives Matter, cardiologist, health policy researcher, feminist, wife, sports, nuts, and mom. Okay. Um, pretty much labels her as a liberal. 
But it goes on to say that the discussion was surrounding the ideas of anti-racism as the active dismantling of systems, privileges, and everyday practices that reinforce and normalize the contemporary dimensions of white dominance in a medical school. Now, I, I question, I don't think it was mandatory attendance because it says they're encouraged to attend and participate. But I got a question, why is Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri, feeling the need to host this at all? What does that have to do with anything related to medicine? And oh, by the way, did they have a, did they have a uh, contrary opinion? I mean, this is an opinion show, like Right Side Radio. We're an opinion show. You're going to get the conservative viewpoint. And if somebody wants to call in and have the opposite viewpoint, they can try. Just better be able to hold your own. But the reality is, medical schools, if you're putting on a forum to talk about racism and the contemporary dimensions of white dominance, I'm pretty sure you've got some white students who might. You know what? I'm pretty sure you got some black students who might take issue with that. In fact, you know, just last week we had the situation at Auburn University right here in the state of Alabama where members of the Black Student Union got tired of things happening within their own group and blew the whistle on, you know, this whole email string of um, racist names for white people because they said that's not the way we, we, we don't want to be associated with that. Good on you. And, and look, people, if you see it, call it out. But you know what? If it ain't there, don't make it up. How about this one? This one is still amazing to me. So, I, by the way, I am um, a partial product of the Department of Defense Schools. I am. Somebody in our audience, uh, I've forgotten who it was now. It's been a while. But uh, I actually went to high school at London Central High School in London, England, as a DOD kid. Dad was, uh, my dad was Army. And we were like, I was like one of only two Army kids in the entire school I went to because everybody else was Air Force and Navy because my dad was the uh, uh, U.S. Army liaison to the British Army for training. And, um, and, and, and so it was, it was, it was pretty cool living in London, England, going to a DOD school and the DOD school systems, they're worldwide. And, you know, we provide an educational opportunity for expatriates and military kids in foreign countries, because, you know, if you're a, if you're a kid from Alabama, good luck going to school in Germany at a German school is not going to work very well. So, you know, you, you go to a DOD school. All right. So you may recall this. But a lady by the name of Kalisa Wing, W-I-N-G, Kalisa Wing, she has been leading the quote-unquote diversity efforts for the Department of Defense's educational activities in the DOD educational arena since 2021. In other words, she's in charge of their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, except that she's a racist and that she has been caught authoring books and putting out tweets that nobody who says she's anti-racism should ever be caught doing. Well, she's now responded. For the first time that I know of, we found a story dated just a few days ago. Military Times caught up with her and got some commentary. And when we get back from this break, I'll tell you what Kalisa Wing has to say about it. Is she a, a racist? Well, she doesn't think so. <laughs> yeah, proof's in the pudding. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, hour number two, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international, and yeah, we cover down on all the issues, like that dude just said, solid conservative and just plain right. We're going to jump right back to the Triple Dipper here in one second. Let me say there's a, there's a few news headlines that are worthy of note. Um, not the least of which is, uh, it appears that, and I, you know, I don't, and I, I wish him the best. I, I, he, he, he needs, he needs medical intervention. But Senator John Fetterman is apparently back in the hospital now for the second time in two weeks. The guy should have never been allowed to continue that race. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can ask someone to step down, but it, I look at it too and think, what's his family doing? What's his wife doing? Pushing him to the point. I mean, he's. The man had a stroke. Was it so important that he had to be a senator that they just had to continue? Well, John Fetterman's back in the hospital for the second time. Uh, whatever condition he has, it says it became severe. Um, another thing that's just sad, and, it, and, I, and it's, 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 a, it's an era. I mean, any of you who, like me, believe that uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, um, Bruce Willis became an action hero uh, on the, in that movie. Uh, but... Uh, Top headline on Fox News is Bruce Willis's family reveals that his medical condition has now progressed to the point that it can be declared as dementia. And that's just sad. That is, that is, that's a cruel disease, it says, and yes, it is. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's, it, 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 there's no way around it. It just is. Uh, but anyway, we wish uh, Bruce Willis and his family the best, and the same for John Fetterman, the best. Um, uh, also, uh, we're starting to see a little bit of reporting now on the summaries about um, – uh, President Biden's press conference, you know, it just the press conference that was and the press conference that wasn't. Uh, but he gave remarks about the shooting down of the China. He didn't even talk about the train derailment in, uh, in, in Ohio, but he did talk about the, uh, the balloons being shot down. He said that the one was a, a guaranteed Chinese spy balloon. We already knew that. We believe that. Uh, the other three that were shot down uh, are still questionable. Um, and at some point, too, he also um, uh, just chose not to take questions and, uh, and even referenced the fact. He said one of the reporters was trying to ask me a question. He goes, you can just come to my office and ask a question. We can have more polite people. And then turn around and walked off, whatever that means. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, not, not helpful, not, not, not workable. He did say during the briefing, though, that the three objects were taken down are likely from private entities not believed to be from China themselves. So then it begs the question, how do we justify the shooting? If we're, if we're not sure what it is, do we still shoot it? I guess, you know, I guess in the air on the side of caution, um, if you don't know the origins, then who's going to claim the wreckage when it's all said and done? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want them to let it fly over the continental United States collecting data again. But then again, 
what's the advice? It, it's, it's a hard call. This is one of those where I can sit out here and be a pundit, and I recognize it's a hard call. Do you pull the trigger on this thing or not? But nonetheless, it appears that we had one underreaction and three overreactions is what it appears. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, back to the triple dipper. The race to race. And by the way, you're going to want to stay tuned because one of my favorite times of every single week comes up in about 20 minutes. Boomer and McQueen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a hoot. And uh, uh, and also, by the way, they are the now not, Boomer's not just a pretty face in the studio here. <laughs> He's not just that sultry voice you get to hear periodically. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Boomer is also, uh, he and the lovely McQueen, they come on the show, do their own segment with me once a week, and host the podcast, the Right Life Podcast, uh, which has got, uh, what, you got six, eight? How many, how, many, how many podcasts do you have out there now? We got eight. Eight, that's what I thought, yeah. yeah. Eight episodes, so yeah, well, go check it out. All right, yeah, the Right <laughs> Life Podcast, it's available. Um, all right, back on the Triple Dipper. The race to race, how liberals constantly find race at the heart of every issue they don't understand or don't like. And there was that woman named Kalisa Wing who has been the DEI, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coordinator for the Department of Defense Education's uh, activities around the world. She's been in that position since December of 2021. And she's now pushing back against claims that she's in some way a racist. Well, she came to prominence <laughs> because she's in charge of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, for all DOD schools. And yet she was caught just a month or so ago tweeting out how exhausted she was with white folks. And this is her words. I'm so exhausted these white folks in professional development sessions. This lady had the caudacity. C-A-U stands for Caucasian's Audacity, had the caudacity to say black people can be racist too. I had to stop the session and give that Karen the business. Wow. Wow. Racist much, Kalisa Wing? She also went on to try and explain it away by saying, no, I did not make disparaging comments against white people. That wasn't. I would never categorize an entire group of people trying to disparage them. I was speaking as a private individual. Um, no. Let me, let me do some explaining to you, Kalisa Wing. If you're in charge of ensuring that racism does not exist, but you express yourself in your private capacity as a racism, you're likely not the best candidate for the job. Just saying. She went on to say, I was in a space where I was the only person of color, and it was in the wake of the George Floyd murder, and the purpose of that was wanting people wanting to reconcile. I don't know what she's talking about. But a number of members of Congress have now written to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who being the sec def, he's going to wind up having, you know, the final say over appointments within the, uh, the, the DOD's education arena. And they, they want to know what the heck. <laughs> Never mind the point that she's also tweeted out things like she's exhausted by 99% of the white men in education and 95% of the white women. What? And she's in charge of the diversity, equity, and inclusion for DOD schools. So 20 Republican lawmakers, including, um, I believe, our uh, own Congressman Mike Rogers, have written to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin wanting to know if he's aware and what he plans to do about this. I don't know that they received a response yet. All said and done, you can't claim to be anti-racist while you use racism as your excuse for why you don't like things. Disney's had it going on lately. Boomer, I mean... 
Yeah. Disney, Disney, Disney. Disney, Disney, Disney. Oh, Disney. Silly Disney. I mean, I I would imagine there's some Paw Patrol in your house. Yes. And then I would imagine there's also maybe some Mickey's Fun House. Do y'all watch the uh, Mickey yes, Mouse? Yes, he loved yeah. Mickey's Fun But, you know, now it's like Lightning McQueen. Oh, yeah. Cars. Oh, yeah, we love some cars. Yeah, my, my little my little grand dude loves all those. Oh, so much fun. Um, but Disney, to watch those. Disney's kind of got a thing going now. They do. Very agenda-driven. You saw the story, the one I'm holding? I yeah. did. So, story from the Daily Wire. We talked about it briefly once before, but I'm going to bring it back up because it's so egregious. Disney Plus cartoon is demanding reparations and more with a song called Slaves Built This Country. So, it says Disney has gone for woke yet again with an episode of the cartoon series called Proud Family, which features kids singing a song about reparations that America owes to black Americans and of how slavery built this country. The recent episode that aired on Disney Plus titled Louder and Prouder talks about a group of kids who find out that their town's founder was a slave owner, which would be, what, 150 years ago. The song opens with the line, this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country, and they repeat that throughout the, uh, the episode. And they went on to say, quote, we the descendants of slaves in America have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in a systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still is not atoned for. And then in the cartoon, four black students glare at a, the only white student who stands on stage with a sign that reads, still has not atoned for. This is a Disney cartoon. Hmm. This, is, this is one of the most awful things I've ever seen promoted. I mean, the very idea that you're going to make our country better by making it worse, no, it doesn't work that way. And you can't just make the race to race. I mean, you can't just, you can't just go and say, hey, uh, listen, we're going we're gonna to jump in here and tell you how bad you are so that you can be gooder. It, when you tear things down, you don't always get them built up. The 1619 Project, I'm not even going to dig deep into that one. I've got probably one of the longest articles in my entire stack, and I, just even wanted, I don't even want to talk about it as much. But, okay, the 1619 Project, it started off in 2019. You may remember this. Uh, what's her name? Uh, um, Nicole Hannah-Jones, is that her name? Uh, just, yes, Nicole yes. Hannah-Jones, that's her. She started this thing. It was an article in New York Times Magazine or a, a special. And it, and it was basically promoting the idea that in 1619, the first slaves came to um, uh, the coasts of, of North America, and therefore that is when our country originally started, not 1776. Never mind the fact, by the way, that during the... Um, the Revolutionary War that a number of the colonies actually abolished slavery and some of them did soon thereafter. No, no, no. The core of the 1619 Project was on treating like the preservation of slavery as a major cause for the revolution that we were trying to... Def Basically what they're trying to say is we needed slaves to keep doing what we wanted to do and therefore we were going to fight England for the right to have slaves. First of all, that's not right. That's not correct. That's inaccurate. Secondly, it gets you know, certain important facts glaringly wrong, even though they've been pointed out to them, they don't want to change it. Third, it advances arguments without slightest shame or self-reflection, the article says. And fourth, it remains a very lucrative brand because people keep funding it. Nicole Hannah-Jones refuses to make changes to the narrative, even though she's been shown over and over and over again that what she's citing is incorrect. Why? Because she's a revisionist. Because if they can also not only declare racism, but revise history to include it at times when it is more applicable to their narrative, they'll do it. They'll do it every time. 
Listen, I'm going to end on a more positive note. If you are not uh, a follower of Thomas Sowell, and I say follower, I mean like you read his writings, his quotes, his tweets. Thomas Sowell is an amazing man. Thomas Sowell is a conservative author. He's an economist. He's also a black man who speaks out against the narrative that we are a systemically racist country. In July of 2020, he gave an interview with Martin Levin, and he was asked about systemic racism, systemic oppression. And he says it really has no meaning that can be specified and tested in the way that one tests other hypotheses. He says it does remind me of the propaganda tactics of Joseph Goebbels in the age of the Nazis, in which he was supposed to have said that people will believe any lives repeated loud enough and long enough. He says that's what we're getting. It's one of many words. I don't even think people who use it have any idea what they're saying. Their purpose is only to have people cave into it. You hear that? That's the purpose. That's why they race to race. A notable scholar, who happens to be a black man, by the way, literally says the only purpose in doing this is to have people cave into it. Well, I'll tell you what. Boomer, uh, is that, I got a caller on the line. Um, let me do that real quick. I got I got like, like, like I'm running late, but I'll take a call real quick for the break. Is that Brian? Brian from Huntsville. How you doing, buddy? Uh, doing well, but I wanted to mention that slavery was established in the U.S. before uh, we ever came over here because the tribes would have, would, would the uh, Native American tribes would have slaves. Uh, so it's nothing new. And that on top of that, um, I think Egypt owes me reparations if anybody else gets reparations because I know well, my savior is a, is this man named Jesus who is Jewish. Wow. Perfect point. And the tribes came out of there. That perfect point. See you, man. All right. Boomer, take us to a break, man. I ran long. We'll come back, have a short segment. And then, then it's time for Boomer and McQueen. Y'all stand back. It's going to be awesome. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right uh so wrapping up that section of the triple dipper i mean i'm looking at it boomer and wondering can i even get all three dippers done today Ooh, uh, I mean, well we're, we're, I'm, I'm i'm rooting for you <laughs> <laughs> bo <laughs> i'm rooting for you boomer's in my corner it's all good but it's gonna be hard it's gonna be tough man we got so much content week so <laughs> yeah coming up here in a few minutes we got boomer and mcqueen that'll that'll take us to the top of the hour and then uh we got uh, matt clark from the alabama center for law and liberty calling after four to discuss a topic that i'll be you know is one of my dippers the fight for life i've got a whole section on military readiness so we'll see if i get to all of it um, looking over at the uh, text lines, appreciate all of y'all engaging the topics. Um, Dustin from Hazel Green, by the way, has been sort of tracking down the fact that he's got a friend who lived, uh, or someone he knew anyway, that 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 is right there at the uh, crash site area uh, where that Black Hawk helicopter went down and said that her ring doorbell actually caught the, the, the helicopter coming down. That's horrible. Um, but um, 
uh, that they did actually uh, uh, contact the investigating authorities to make sure they knew they had the video and, uh, and that the, um, uh, the, the, the folks have contacted her and they're going by there to get the, uh, the footage. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing technology today? I mean, it, it's, Sometimes it's a little scary. Sometimes it's very helpful, though. Um, I mean, how many times have we seen things happen with, you know, uh, body cam uh, uh, video on a police officer? And, and that's what Oh yeah. either A, says it really did happen, or B, says it really didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I got, I got mixed feelings on making police officers have to wear body cams. But I, I think right now in today's environment, uh, it's got to be something that actually saves them from a lot of pain. Um, later on when people try to say, well, that, that happened. And he said that, no, actually he didn't, man. We have the video. In fact, you know what? I know for a fact, because, um, as an attorney, I had a case, uh, that involved a claim of racism. And yet we had the video that showed that nothing like what the guy was claiming had even happened. Um, like, come on, dude, just accept responsibility for your inability to, uh, abide by the traffic laws. And then let's call it done. Um, John from Huntsville says he's ready for Boomer McQueen. Bam, he's all in. Gary from Decatur just texted in, said he used to, and I got to kind of, so it's one big block email. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm, I'm trying to make sure I differentiate where Gary leaves off and where his quote begins. But what he's saying is he used to subscribe to the New England Journal of Medicine to get the latest medical updates and news until articles began to appear that showed a complete bias. I'm paraphrasing slightly. But he has one here that he quotes at the section of it where a, a um, and just reading through, I'll give you the paraphrase here is that, is that a, a black woman physician says that uh, her job was to provide uh, education and career enhancement for members of the medical community. And then she says this, I began to find myself overwhelmed by the responsibility of my role. To be clear, I'm not overwhelmed by the administrative tasks or the ever growing clinical enterprises or by stricter duty hour mandates. Rather, I'm overwhelmed by the responsibility of educating and training black, indigenous, and people of color residents in a system that reflects the inequities of a society in which we live and in spaces that often intensify experiences of racism, inequity, and oppression. Wow. And so as a black woman, I guess she said she had to resign. That's just, to me, that's crap. Um, You're living as a victim. And if you are automatically, by the way, walking into the job, identifying people by their skin color, and using terms like BIPOC, which normal people don't use, then I would suggest that you were probably the not right, the right person for the job in the first place. Um, anyway, all right, we're going we're gonna to take a break here in a moment. We're going to come back. Boomer and McQueen. Oh, let's see what kind of questions we got today. More than that, let's see what kind of answers they got today. One of my favorite moments. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back.
are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right. And I'm talking about this show covers some major ground across the northern half of the greatest state in the nation, Alabama. I'm talking about we go way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Hello, McQueen. Well, hello there, Mr. Phil. How are you? <laughs> I am well. I am well. Boomer, your better three quarters is here. Yes, she is. <laughs> hit, hit the whoop whoops. Whoop whoop. All right, time to start it. It's Boomer and McQueen time. So this is this is one of my favorite times every single week. Uh, I get, Us too. Uh, yes, well, I'm glad. For sure. I'm glad. <laughs> is she going to interrupt me the whole time? Yes, probably. Okay. <laughs> Just been a day. She thinks She thinks now it's, this is her portion. That's what it is. <laughs> it's all about McQueen. Uh, all right, you guys. Uh, here's, here's the deal for the listening audience. If you're tuning in for the very first time, if that's the case, then where you been? But if you're tuning in for the very first time, this is a segment we do. So there's other folks in here. I mean, I, I wind up having the microphone most of the time, but there's some people that I can't do without. Alicia's in the other office right now. She's a cat herder. You, know, you got boomers here running the board every day. And then McQueen, man, she comes in and just provides some color commentary that is like bar none. And <laughs> you guys now have also, by the way, your podcast, the Right yes. Life Podcast. Yes, which we're is, having a blast doing which that. Which is kicking. Yeah. It um, is kicking. It is kicking. It's going. Lots of kicking going on in the Right Life <laughs> All right, I ask them questions, and we see how they do. And just their thoughts. It's, it's a non-attribution environment here. Their thoughts don't have to be my thoughts. I just like and to our hear thoughts it. may take a long time, so it's okay. <laughs> it's just, there's that, too. Uh, here, here's my first question for you. Um, uh, take it in whoever wants to go first. But So the Biden administration shot down four objects All right, in, in recent days. Uh, and it took until today before President Biden spoke about it. Um, we also have this major train derailment um, in Ohio uh, where they burned the chemicals and an entire town of people are up in arms believing that their town's been poisoned, their animals are dying. I mean, it's a crazy what's happening, and the, and the president didn't even say a word about that today. So my question to you, I, and I almost felt like I poisoned the well by the way I framed the question, but what I'm saying is, does, does it matter to you? Does it bother you at all? that President Biden waited until today to make those public statements? Um, is, is there a question of leadership there? Or in your opinion, is it just, you know, wait until it's the right time and speak whenever you want to? What, what are your thoughts? McQueen, you're staring at me, so you go first. <laughs> you made um, eye contact. You yes, go first. I, I mean, I'm, thankfully, he did just address this. Um, it took far too long. I think this should, should have been addressed and confronted and just to whether to put Americans at ease or explain what's going on or what they knew, but just transparency in the whole, the whole situation. Cause I think we still, or was it, you know, foreign spies? Is it from China? Are they, is it a distraction? Like, what is it? Like, we really don't know. And I feel yeah. like even from the press conference, it wasn't, um, it really was just defensive. It was just kind of like, defensive it didn't really give us answers um but i think there's been so much speculation for a couple of weeks now really at this point because what that was the beginning of february so almost two weeks of this has been going wow. on yeah. and um uh, yeah. it yeah i just think there should have been answers just transparency in the whole situation to be able to explain to us like what's going on we 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 have our you know a handle on it we're looking out for your safety and not just say be defensive we shot it down because we are trying to fight for America. And oh. that was kind of it. Why does that matter? Why does it matter that he speaks? Um, well, he's the, I mean, he's the leader of us, of our free country. Yeah. Like, that's that's his his job. <laughs> and, I mean, to 
Yeah, yeah, that's just, that's kind of my take on it. No, I think you're like, you're spot on. That's exactly what I well, okay. She's she's spot on. She's spot think? on. Well, I'm going to go on. I mean, I completely agree with everything she said Good except for, you. for except I think for. he should have done it right away. He should have made a statement right when it happened. Well, okay. that's what I said. This took far too long. It should have been addressed. Yeah, but you're kind of like nice about it. Well, I'm just, that's just kind of my personality. I like to. I'm like, come on, man. You're in, you need to. You're yeah. in so much trouble later. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you though, babe. It's like it should have been boomer. I mean, um, it should have been immediate. It should have. That, that's your that's your job as you know the leader and as the president of the United States is uh, to be in the, at the front of this. At the front of it. And, and I think that's. I think that's, so. Okay, I'm glad to hear y'all say that. And boomer, you hear me talk all the time. Right. So you know. And granted, but you've got your own opinions. So, but you guys, I mean, like Boomer, you've run a business. You've been in charge of organizations where you had a lot of people. You had to lead, guide, and direct. Um, and I know that. I mean, you guys are raising kids, so they they look to you for their authority. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, and and you know, in coaching and everything else, um, it's important that the person in charge actually speaks to the mm-hmm. issues at hand because people look to them to see what they're going to say and do. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't, you lose credibility. That's a great point. I mean, it, it, as a business owner, if I don't take uh, take charge or or take uh, responsibility too. for Ownership. what has happened and do it quickly, man, I lose credibility. And, and it can spiral out of control really quick. Right. And then everybody yeah. starts forming their own opinions. Oh, there it goes what we've been doing right now. And then it's like, come on, man, you got to you got to speak up. And it's don't, aliens. We know it's aliens. And then don't talk from a teleprompter like a like a robot. Well, that's that's a great point. And I, I will say this. I don't fault him for coming out because he needed to. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't have anything to say about the fact that he came out. I have something to say about the fact that it took so long, like y'all said. And I also, by the way, when I was watching it, I could not help but feel like it was like it's obligatory. Y'all are making me okay, here I am. Absolutely. That's what it felt like. It yep. felt like I'm checking the block because everybody said I had to. Mm-hmm. Not because because a leader runs to the microphone to say, Here we go. Yes. And it did it just didn't seem like he was like um, uh, pet, not passionate, but it wasn't like he was no. super worried. No. Well, and that's like what I say. He's kind of on like the defense about it. Like, hey, we did our job. We shot it down. We're fighting for America. It was like to defend. Like we we did the right thing. So yeah. like, lay off. Like why are but, you asking? Yeah. What's the deal? Right. And then the other question that you had about the uh, the derailment of oh, the yeah. train. Didn't say like he didn't it. say anything about that. And it's like that's a that's a huge disaster. There's an entire town right now entire that can't town. breathe well. So. Yeah. And then it's it's spreading. Through the water and all this, and crickets. The crickets are dead. The cricket. Sorry, no crickets. There are no more. There are no crickets. All right, next question. Next Ah. question. Y'all, man, y'all nailed that one. Um, uh, Next question here. So um, there's a bill. Uh, it's actually State Senator Andrew Jones, who's probably going to be on the show tomorrow. He's the one that took my place in the State Senate. Oh, awesome. But he's got a bill uh, right now. He ran it last year. He's working on it again this year to do away with what's known as occupational tax, uh, basically taxing people for the right to work. Um, it's more than just a usual payroll tax. Occupational tax is that thing that a municipality puts in place that says, hey, if you made money in our town, yeah, we want some of that. And um, it, it, it's it's... Anyway, I got opinions, but let me ask you this. Um, what are your thoughts about occupational taxes in general? Uh, you go first this time, but yeah. <laughs> do away with them. So Get out. So you're no more. You're for like it. why? Yes. I mean the bill, I mean. The bill. Yeah. Get rid of the taxes. I mean, it's it's 
they just want another piece of the pie that is ours, and they shouldn't. I don't. I believe they shouldn't have it. There's a there, well. Let me let me go to you first. Then your thoughts on occupational taxes? Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I think it's you know our hard earned money that we worked for, and it it belongs to us. You shouldn't have to pay extra for money that's are you know already yours essentially. And then it's just going to government, maybe small government, but it's giving like I mean, look at our our national debt. Like we clearly <laughs> government doesn't know how to spend money. Like I mean, I think well, they know how to spend it. That's well, well excuse me. They don't know. We're better with well. I guess that's a that's up in the air too. But yeah, but like we, we look at our federal debt, like it should not be going to the government. Like that is our hard earned money. And then like you said, we're basically being taxed to work. Well, we have a huge problem with getting people to work right now. That's probably a lot of why. You know, all these people that's... that are saying, Oh, I'm gonna live on unemployment, I'm not going nope, I'm getting paid better that way than to actually go work. We can't get anyone to work at these at so many businesses. And, and that's those, probably yeah. a lot of it. And then those who are producing are being burdened. To, yeah. Yeah. Well, so and, and there's a lot of folks that would point out too that an occupational tax is basically you're you're paying for the right to even have the job that you have. And it's not it's not that you're it's not that you're paying the usual payroll taxes, income tax to the government. This is a this is in, in its essence this is you being told that even if you live somewhere else if you drive into our city limits we're going to tax you for being here. But don't they want mm-hmm. you to work in their city? You would think. Yeah, you would, you would think, think. it's going to strengthen that that area's yeah. like economy and yeah. And, and and you know we we've seen uh, there in, in like for instance city of Gadsden uh, it's either two or three percent of your income has to be paid in, in in addition to your other taxes you have to pay and then you've got I think the highest one in the state. Is it three percent? And we have a number of them at two percent. Not everybody has this. Some. I was just going to ask if is it everywhere or is it just here? More Alabama, correct? Because I don't remember this. It's in other places. It's in other places. It's a patchwork quilt, though. Um. It's 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 being put in place by local municipalities, and then they get used to the income, and then they don't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they probably increase it. And some of them have actually increased it in recent years. And I think the highest one in the state may be 4%. Wow. Can you Ooh, imagine? 4%. I mean, every every dollar you pay, you got four cents on the dollar has got to go to the local city just for the right to have a job. So then you've got, like, for instance, I know of one business that just moved themselves right outside the city limits. <laughs> and all their staff got a 4% pay bump. Wow. Or, or actually, it was 3% in that case. That's mm-hmm. amazing and sad. But that's why you have so many, you see signs everywhere. We're hiring, we're hiring, and you can't get anyone to come in and work there. Uh, it, it's that and a variety of other things. Yeah, right. absolutely. All right, so you don't like occupational taxes? No. no I'm definitely for this legislature to get passed. <laughs> all right. You know what else? I, uh, we'll, we won't go down that uh, way. We'll, get some, we'll, see, we'll get Andrew Jones in here tomorrow, State Senator Jones, and, and get some thoughts on where it's going and whether it's going to have a chance of passage. Um, all right, I tell you what, boom, let's take the break right now. Let's do it. We'll, we'll give you a chance to apologize to your wife. I <laughs> No, I, I agreed with you, babe. I agreed with you. Uh, all right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with some more Boomer and McQueen. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just 
plain right, making it cool to be a, making it fun to be a conservative. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Here in the studio with two of my favorite peoples, Boomer and McQueen. Uh, so, all right, I asked you guys uh, the two, like, you know, like in-depth questions, <laughs> the, like the real questions. And then the, we, 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 we flipped the switch and y'all get to ask me something. So ask me something. So who's, who's first on the ask me something question? I'm ready for it. Oh. oh all right, pressure's on. <laughs> okay. So right. what do, in the Williams household, so we were there for Christmas. You and sure I were. saw y'all have the most beautifully decorated house at Christmas. That's because I have the most beautiful decorator, my wife. Yes, I would totally. Absolutely. Y'all need to see it. Um, so what do you guys do in your house for Valentine's Day? Oh, man. So, okay. First of all, hmm. so Charlene <laughs> can take the most mundane days and make it special. Uh-huh. I mean, like the kids, when they got up on their birthday to go to school, if it was on a Tuesday morning, there was a banner saying happy birthday. There were special pancakes. I mean, she's that mom, you know. And, oh, yeah. and, but her gift is, uh, is literally taking the days and turning them into something. And so even like Valentine's Day, all, all, the, all our kids who don't live here, they, you know, we have like we have family that's out of state and we have some up, you know, in different parts of the state and, uh, and our grandkids don't live close by, which is hard. But um, she's mailing them all their Valentine's boxes with decorations <laughs> for their house, you know, Cute. and then um, decorating our house. I mean, it, it, it's just so anyway. Yes. Valentine's is every day is special. But uh, um, and every every single holiday, I don't care what it is. We even have a tree on our deck that you can see through the windows from from the from the kitchen that gets decorated for whatever season we're in. <laughs> oh, I, outside the deck. That's it has, cool. It has lights. Oh yeah, I, it has, I love it that. It has you know like white lights, lights are kind of classy. It has white lights on it year round. But right now it's uh, it's it's still got the uh, the, the Valentine's red uh, decorations are about to come off of it, and I'm pretty sure Memorial Day is coming next. So you, got, you yeah. can't skip <laughs> Easter. I bet she does an Easter tree. That's a fun question. That yeah. was. That was fun. That was easy. Oh, was good. you're scaring me. You I'm gave ready. me the look. What do you got? I'm ready. Okay, so Biden was talking about, I'm going to get in touch with Xi. Hasn't he already tried? You and would think. You would, you would think. I would hope he would be trying to get a hold of him and being like, yo, what up with this balloon, man? That's exactly right. Dude. <laughs> Dude, Dude, why are you flying this over over my yeah, over you, my country? Your, your bouncy house is flying over my country right now. Hey, all um, in different shapes. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, I think you may have heard that um, he uh, he th- they did try to make a connection, and um, there's a Department of Defense to their version of Department of Defense uh, hotline that the um, the SecDef of China, if you will, refused to receive the call, and just said, you know, we have no desire to talk to you right now, which totally defeats the whole idea of having a hotline <laughs> where two nations can talk to resolve differences. Apparently, the the red phone, the hotline, didn't uh, work. No, hell, not this time. But back in the days of the uh, the of uh, the Cold War with the Soviet Union, that that they say that hotline stopped uh, bad things from happening in a nuclear capacity several times. Wow. So yeah, right so, now they're not answering the phone. So he's just hoping they're going to answer the phone. I guess. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, maybe they, maybe they've they talked. They still have an embassy here. They, okay. they can still call the ambassador in to discuss things. The State Department can reach out. They got back channel opportunities. But right now, the official capacity, White House to G House. Apparently, ain't nobody it's, talking. Got it. Um, that's the official line, anyway. All right. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I, th- I think the first thing that should have happened was, "Hey, G, is this yours?" That's <laughs> that's what should have happened. Right. The heck. Do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you taking pictures of? Yeah. 
you know. My Corvette in my garage? It is gas-powered. I'm sorry. Yeah. I told you I like EVs. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. The last thing we do at Boomer McQueen every time, and it looks like we got a few minutes for it this time, is uh, the stupidest story of the week. Okay, mine's a cute story. Oh, uh, is it? Has it got puppies? What are we doing? <laughs> Almost, but no. <laughs> Unicorns. She's no, no, so excited about this. Because y'all it have to, you have to watch it. Well, right. We need to like post this video. All right, so, stupidest story of the week. What you got? This was here in Alabama. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, at Evergreen Elementary School this weekend. Somehow, someone left a window open, and a deer jumped in the that. window. Did you see it? I did. The deer see that. jumped in the window, and like so fast. I, it's amazing how fast they jump and like, and then it was slipping all over the waxed floors. So it was like, oh, you were laughing. To, I was laughing so hard. I was like falling over. Did it stay in there all weekend? Um, no, it just did a few laps, got, you know, got used to the room, kept, got used to the wax floors, <laughs> slipping all over. Like it was like watching a, a deer on ice and then it just jumped back out the window. Just and they have, but they have footage of it. They have a whole security footage it, of this deer. Did it mess anything up? Did it eat anybody's snacks? <laughs> um, I'm sure it probably did that in its rounds, but yeah. <laughs> in its rounds. Yeah. Did it leave a souvenir? I mean, that's... I'm sure that happened too. There's probably, you know, ate the snacks, left a little present, and then jumped right back out the window uh, as quickly as it came in. That is pretty crazy. And and it's really cute. You know, yeah. See, I told, I told her, I said, that's not a stupid story. That's just a funny, and you just think it's cute. And she goes, I know. And she watched it like five more times and laughed every time. Uh, all right, what's your stupidest uh, story of the week? All right, a man convicted of stealing almost 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. Wow, first, first buffalo wings, now Cadbury eggs. 200,000? 200,000 Cadbury eggs. What do you do eggs. in one time? And, yeah, at one time, and it was worth over $37,000. Was he selling them on the black market? It, they caught him before hey, he buddy. got... He, hey, they hey caught buddy, him you buying a cream egg? Yo, man, look at this cream egg I got for you over yep. here. Down here in the hey. dark alley in my trunk, I got some cream eggs for you. I'll hook you up. 200,000? 200,000. From where? Like, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to go to the, uh, the school and be like, hey, I got... Cadbury eggs for sale. Come on. But where did he take these from? That's uh, one of the uh, distribution centers. Dang. And and oh. <laughs> in Western England. This was in England. Yeah, that's where Cadbury's located. Yeah. Yes. So that's where it was. I mean, that can you believe is, that? Um, so what did they catch him? And what did he say? Uh, he's he is now pleaded guilty for all charges and will remain in custody until his sentencing in March. <laughs> What, a story. What, are you, what are you in for? Yeah. Oh, Cadbury egg. eggs. Yeah. He's sitting there in a row with the guy that trafficked fentanyl on the other one who was a human trafficker. And over here, you got the armed robber and the rapist. And over there, what'd you do? Well, there was this batch of cream eggs. Okay. So, which, like, would Cadbury eggs be your chocolate of choice in that situation? <laughs> Oh. Peeps. I'd go for, I like the peeps. Oh, the peeps. Marshmallow peeps. Are the those, peeps. Those are, yeah. Thank uh, Easter Bunny. I'm, bark, a, bark. I'm a Reese cup. You're a Reese cup I like guy? Reese cups. The, the, the Reese cup, like the egg-shaped Reese cups? Uh, honestly, I guess the ones that they just make shapes out of. Why are we talking about this right I, now? Shapes taste better than the regular. Just went off on the just Cadbury saying. egg thing. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> All right. Boomer and McQueen. Love you guys, and uh, and you can. By the way, if you if you think we're having fun sitting here right now with Boomer McQueen in studio, you ought to listen to the Right Side podcast because it's a hoot. So uh, yes, more of the same and more of the same, if you know what I mean. That's it. Boomer McQueen, host of the Right Side podcast. You can find it just by going to any one of your podcasting formats. Type in the Right Life, and you'll find them. They're also here on Thursdays. They are part of what makes this work. All right, you guys. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Coming up next, Matt Clark from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live from the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, we are now in hour number three already, inexplicably hour number three. Uh, but uh, we're going to be joined here in a moment by uh, our friend Matt Clark from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. Let me just intro the topic real quick. So number three of the Triple Dipper, um, well, the next one of the Triple Dipper, I'm not going to get to number two, it looks like, but the fight for life. So when the Dobbs decision came down last year, the Supreme Court of the United States decided that there's never been a true constitutional right to an abortion, that the laws of the various states shall be the determiner of whether or not an abortion can be had in those various localities. So here we are. Now we're sitting here post-Dobbs. Now we're looking at what do the states want to do. And a variety of states got caught off guard because they weren't ready for this. Alabama had already had in place a number of measures within the state code, even the state constitution, that made us a pro-life state. So Alabama immediately had what some would might call a reactive law. In other words, it reacted immediately to Dobbs and it went into effect. Um, that being said, now the fight is the Biden administration is determined to kill babies wherever where they can. And so the, 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 the big fight for them right now is they want to they wanna see no restrictions on being able to mail pharmaceutical abortion medications to the various states, regardless of what the state laws are. And there's the fight. Uh, let's talk about this with uh, Matt Clark. Matt is the, uh, the director of the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. They are an organization right here in Alabama that is determined to take the good fight on the cultural war issues that we have going on around us um, to the courts. And uh, Matt's on the phone. Matt, how you doing, man? Hey, Phil, I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Well, listen, I, I entered the topic. You probably heard it, but... Um, where are we right now with the Biden administration's absolute determination to see abortion drugs mailed to Alabama? You know, this Biden administration, from, from what I'm seeing, Phil, is, is doing absolutely everything that it can to use the administrative state, uh, or as Barack Obama would put it, uh, its pen and its phone, uh, to do whatever it wants, regardless of whether you know, Congress or the states approve of it. Um, so one thing that it's doing right now is it, it, it is trying to push pharmacies to carry um, abortive patients. Um, it, it's really making clear that it's going to be coming after them if um, they if they carry abortive patients, but they will you know, they, they prescribe them for for certain things like you know if a woman's having a miscarriage, it's been diagnosed as a miscarriage, and you know just matter of getting the remains out. It's like, all right, you better make sure you give them those those drugs, which you know I don't think anybody is uh, threatening to take away to begin with. So all this is a lot of throat clearing, trying to tell um, you know abortionists saying, listen. If if um, a woman wants to get uh, abortion through a pill, just just t- just diagnose it. 
uh, as a miscarriage, send them to the pharmacies, and we'll beat the pharmacies up if they don't apply uh, or comply. That, that's one thing that's going on. But the other thing that's going on is that uh, something I wrote an op-ed about uh, last week in 1819 News is that the uh, the Federal Justice Department has issued a memo saying, you know what, it, it's perfectly okay for the Postal Service to deliver abortion drugs um, to, uh, to to women across the country if uh, if, if they want to take them. And there's a federal law bill called the Comstock Act. It's in the statute that explicitly says the Postal Service can't transport things for immoral purposes, including abortion. Uh, and wow. then the Justice Department comes along and says, no, nah, well, that, that doesn't really mean what it says because we're the Biden administration and uh, we like abortion. So we're going to try to find a way around it. Uh, so so it, it's absolutely incredible that the, uh, the Biden administration is openly flouting the law, but we want to see what we can do to stop that. Well, I, I, I tell you, and, and I, I saw another realm of this is there's even talk about on federal installations like military bases or VA hospitals that the Biden administration believes that it has the right to do what it wants to do, regardless of whether it contravenes state law. What do you know about that? Uh, th- th- that's an excellent point, Phil. Thank you. I, I forgot about that. But you- you- you're right. Uh, so the-, the Veterans Administration, for instance, has put out a memo saying pretty much if you work for the federal VA and you're a health care provider, um, all health care personnel have to be um, prepared to – um, to, to assist in abortions for any you know female veterans that are pregnant and want to get an abortion, and, and they believe that uh, VA policy preempts state law to the contrary. So here in Alabama, pretty much as uh, you know and as I'm sure your listeners know, um, we essentially outlawed abortion in Alabama, and that went into effect after Dobbs. Uh, but the federal government is coming along saying, well, because we're the feds and we outrank the states, you can't control what goes on in VA hospitals. So you can come here. Uh, VA hospitals are essentially uh, sanctuary hospitals for abortion. Now, here in Alabama, uh, Steve Marshall has been very good about telling the, the VA, saying, no, nope, you know what, we're not backing down just because you're the feds and you're the state, argues that abortion is criminal here in Alabama, and we are going to enforce um, our, our felony laws if, if you commit abortions, um, you know, in, in this state. So if, if the Alabama VA is doing it, they're at least not um, – they're not flouting it because I think they really are afraid of those criminal penalties. But, but yeah, the, the VA is another example of how uh, the Biden administration is trying to use every conceivable tool at its disposal to tell the states to go take a hike. Well, and, and you know, one of the things I didn't realize until I was getting ready for today's show was that um, Marshall, uh, Attorney General Steve Marshall, has even come out and said that he, he believes it's not just the Human Life Protection Act uh, in Alabama law. He also believes that our uh, uh, we have the chemical endangerment law that, that literally prevents someone. You can, you can face criminal penalties if you endanger an unborn child. And in 2013, mm-hmm. our Alabama Supreme Court said that that definitely applies to unborn children. So chemical endangerment, well, this, this medication that uh, causes abortion could well be considered, um, you know, uh, a part of that, uh, that an umbrella. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And, and A.G. Marshall is absolutely right that the Human Life Protection Act is not the only law that we have um, in Alabama that protects the unborn. Now, the issue with the Chemical Endangerment Act is um, when, you, when you look at the, the definition of, you know, what a chemical substance is that could endanger a child, the statute provides something like a list of about 300 drugs that constitute chemical endangerment, um, and, and, and the abortion pills are not on them. So, so that's the weakness. However, there is kind of a catch-all at the end of the statute saying, all right, if there's any drug that's 
kind of sufficiently analogous to anything that we've listed here, um, that's out too. So, uh, you know, the the AG's office may have identified some drugs in that schedule and and are relying on that catch-all to say, you know what, this is close enough to where the statute would criminalize it. But but I got to commend them for, you know, being vigilant and and saying, hey, we want to look at the laws that we already have and and use this to protect life. So, so Matt, let me ask you this. Litigation. I mean, I, I, I saw a story. In fact, I actually texted you uh, the, the story as well from NBC News uh, dated uh, yesterday, I believe, that said that there's actually a case ongoing right now, which which they're seeking injunctive relief against this very issue uh, in Texas. Um, what do you know about that case? And also, by the way, do you foresee the possibility of litigation here in Alabama? Um, y- yes, I do. Uh, let me yeah, hit, hit that, and then I'll, I'll go to the NBC story. So, so here in Alabama, um, I, I think this would be a great place to bring a suit to enjoin the federal government. Um, th- there is a law called the Federal Tort Claims Act that holds uh, the federal government and specifically the Postal Service accountable uh, for if they uh, if they injure somebody or cause the death of somebody. And of course, um, you know. We believe, and the state of Alabama agrees, that you know when you come into abortion, you kill an unborn person. Um, and so the way the law is set up, it provides several criteria that I think would be met here. But then the final question is, would you be liable under state law? And out of all 50 states in the union, I think Alabama's got the best pro-life laws, the ones that you know recognize the personhood of the unborn. And so I, I think if anybody out here is listening, if, if you are – a, a you know a father of an unborn child and your, your wife or your girlfriend is, is seeking to abort but you want to keep it um, or if uh, even if you're a pro-life doctor that wants to stick up on behalf of your patients I think uh, those those two groups of people would make good plaintiffs to be able to sue under the federal torts claims act and, and try to get the, the post office to stop um, sending abortion drugs into Alabama I, I, I gotta um, ask you hey Matt can I jump in real quick uh, on the question yeah, of absolutely. standing I mean the, what what kind of person could be a plaintiff in an action like that? Could a locally owned yeah. pharmacy uh, be a, uh, a potential plaintiff in a case like that? Yeah, I think they could. Um, so especially with how the, the Biden administration is kind of saber rattling at, uh, at, at pharmacies here, I think if, you know, it, I think if pharmacies in particular get a credible threat of enforcement, uh, that uh, the, the Biden administration is, you know, going to enforce one of these mandates against them, they, they can absolutely turn around and sue. So they, they would be good plaintiffs as well. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I, I would assume the Center for Law and Liberty uh, is uh, is standing ready to uh, take on one of these cases should that ever occur. Oh, absolutely. We, we have a game plan drawn up. And, you know, all, all somebody has to do is, you know, if, if they fit into a plaintiff that has standing, you know, got to pick up the phone, uh, give us a call. But look, this is this is what we're here for. So we are available to help for free uh, if uh, anybody feels like they, they, they would be uh, willing to jump in the fight over this. But, you know, it can be a scary thing, but it'll save lives. So that would be my encouragement to anybody who's listening who thinks, hey, I think I I could do this. Please give us a call. We'd be happy to talk. Well, so that's that's perfect. And then uh, with about a minute and a half left tops here, um, what what do you know about this Texas lawsuit, and is it going to wind up being something that has a nationwide impact or just in that jurisdiction? 
I think it, I think it has a very good potential to have a nationwide impact. So it's being brought, brought by Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, I actually know one of the lead attorneys on there. And ABF, one of the things they've been trying to do over the past few years is find ways to beat up on the administrative state. And that's the angle that they're taking here. They're, they're, they're complaining that a lot of the Biden administration's actions um, to, to push abortion have not complied with um, federal administrative law, and they're trying to beat him up on that angle. But the, the, the Supreme Court ruled against the Biden administration three times last year on grounds like these. So I think uh, the, 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 this is a type of argument that is winning more and more. And they have asked for a nationwide injunction. Um, and, and the particular court that they brought the suit in, I think, is is likely to, to issue that. So uh, I can't say with 100 percent certainty, but, you know, I, I would say the odds are greater than not that uh, th- this court will stop the Biden administration from um, enforcing uh, th- these these rules nationwide. Well, Matt, I mean, as always, you unpacked it pretty well. Uh, if folks want to know how to find out more about you or get involved with what the Center for Law and Liberty is doing, how do they find you? Uh, feel free to check out our website, alabamalawandliberty.org. Feel free to call us at 256-510-1828. And uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Law and Liberty AL. All right, man. Hey, appreciate you, Matt. Thanks for being in the fight. Awesome. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Take care. All right. Boomer, take us to a break, man. And that's just good stuff. I mean, so the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty, they are not afraid to get in there and mix it up. They fought on issues like vaccine mandates. They fought on LGBTQ hiring preferences in Montgomery. Uh, and, 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 and and Matt knows his stuff. So, yeah, if, if you see this as being a fight you want to be involved in, go to their website, centerforlawandliberty.org. And uh, check it out. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll come right back and keep this topic going, the fight for life. Y'all stay tuned. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right oh man i tell you what we're looking at it's, it's raining outside the studio window right now so uh yeah that weather is blowing in you guys make sure you have your weather plans in place and if you uh, have to be on the road be extra careful um uh and and just you know all the things right that's that's just do all the things have your weather plan in place take care of your pets uh, make sure you've got uh, any uh, stuff outside on the deck secure because they're saying tonight could have some major straight line winds. Possibilities still exist of tornadoes. And, uh, and we are looking at um, uh, a weather event across the entire listening area for the most part. So just, uh, just have a weather eye on the horizon. In fact, I'm updating right now on my uh, weather feed over here. Yeah, it's, 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 it's no update. We're all still in the what they call the enhanced risk category. Uh, and I don't know what time it ends, so I need to check and look. Uh, oh, we have a tornado watch right now for several North Alabama counties in effect until 7 p.m. So there's that. That's in the uh, upper northwestern portion. Looks like over towards Lauderdale, Morgan, uh, parts of Madison, um, maybe even down into Walker County. But anyway, northwestern portion of the state of Alabama appears to already have a tornado watch. So just uh, be extra careful, all right? Y'all pay attention. Do all the things. Um, 
Hey, so on this uh, on this topic, um, the fight for life. So we've got the story that I mentioned there with Matt a moment ago. Is there is a case ongoing right now that's testing? They did yesterday story on NBC News. Um, there is a case ongoing right now, in which a uh, uh, an anti-abortion group filed suit in the Northern District of Texas trying to stop the, um, the, 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 the Biden administration, basically the federal government, from allowing the mailing in of abortion, abortion uh, drugs, mifepristone, I believe it's called, and misoprostol, um, to the state of Texas. And they, here's the thing that gets me. Now, I'm pro-life, so it gets me. Believe it or not, you know differently than what I'm sure they do. But, uh, but the reality is that this this thing says that the Biden administration said in a recent court filing that the FDA has extensively reviewed the scientific evidence and determined that the benefits of mifepristone outweigh any risks. And my question is, risk to who? Risk to who? Not risk to the fetus, that's for sure. Not risk to that beautiful unborn child. Well. What we're looking at right now is the, the, the case is ongoing trying to stop the ability of, of, of um, the medical pharmaceutical providers mailing that into the state because it violates their state law the same as what Alabama has. And the judge is considering right now whether to provide injunctive relief. Now, the article goes on in NBC News to go, injunctive relief is considered an extraordinary remedy. Well, yes and no. What they'll look at is they'll, they'll look and see whether there's the potential for immediate threat of irreparable harm. They'll also look and see whether or not the plaintiffs, in this case the anti-abortion folks, uh, have the p- strong potential for prevailing upon the merits of their case, meaning they might win. But here's the thing. I don't think they're going to look at the—I don't think the judge is going to question whether or not the, the medication will hurt the person who took it. I think the judge is going to look at— does this potentially violate state law? And if the judge is looking at it from a state law standpoint, then I don't know why he wouldn't uh, uh, issue the injunction pending the outcome of a trial on the merits. So what we're looking at here is this particular judge, he may wind up putting something in place. And, and Matt was right. The case that I, the article I've got right here uh, indicates that this one federal district court judge who was appointed by um, uh, Donald Trump who also used to work for a Christian conservative legal group, um, Judge Matthew Kaz- uh, yeah, Kazmarek, Judge Matthew Kazmarek, Northern District of Texas, may put an injunction in place that could wind up having a nationwide impact. I've heard it said before that the most powerful person in America is not the President of the United States. It's a federal district court judge. Everything past that judge is an appeal of what that judge did, and that judge is the only one in the nation who can tell the President of the United States what he has to do. It's kind of interesting, but uh, we'll see because that case is ongoing right now, and we are waiting right now. I believe the arguments have already been had uh, regarding the injunction, and the judge is still pending. When we get back from this, I'm going to tell you what's happening with other states. You heard about Alabama. I'll tell you more about that. But then there's South Carolina. Then there's Minnesota. Then there's Iowa. Then there's even what happened at the National Archives up in D.C. That shouldn't have happened. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back.
Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And and I, I got to tell you, um, uh, we we have we have really uh, Boomer and I were just sitting here just 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 talking about how this show has grown and what it's going to keep on growing. And uh, I do not take for granted the fact that I've got an audience out there. This is not this is not this is not Boomer and I just doing a thing every day. This is this is us doing a thing that y'all are responding to. That's why we got like Allison earlier texting us from her vacation in Jamaica that she's listening live while she sits on the beach. I mean that kind of thing. We can't replace that. But it just we I do not take for granted that we have this audience. Do not take it for granted not for a single second. And and and, and the reality is the the only reason why this show syndicated within a year of starting is because of y'all. And the only reason why we're beating out everybody else in the afternoon ratings across North Alabama is because of y'all. It's not because of something we're doing. And, and every single day, every single day, uh, I want to stay true to what we call the, the mission and the message. I, I hope that you guys get every single day that the mission is that we're going to come on this show and we're going to do what I call the four E's. We're going to educate, enlighten, empower, and entertain you on what it means to be a conservative walking around in today's world. But at the same time, that's the mission. The message is what drives the mission, though. Mm. The message is that every single day, I hope you hear that we don't mind saying Jesus is Lord, America is great, Alabama is beautiful, and by the way, life is worth living. So there it is, the mission and the message, Right Side Radio. None of it works without y'all, and we do not take you for granted. Hey, can I add something to that? Yeah. Yeah, I just want y'all to know, (laughs) or I want you to know that we pray for y'all every day. Oh, yeah. Every day. Every day. Before this show starts, mm-hmm. absolutely. We because abs- like, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's that's what it's all about, guys. We we, we pray for you and we pray that God just continues to uh, bless each and every single one of you, and absolutely. that you hear something that you need to hear for that day. Well, and y'all bless us. We know that. Mm. Yes. Uh, all right. Tell you what. Um, let me do this. I got to tell you before I go too much further. One of the people that blesses us too is the folks that own Just Love Coffee Cafe. So Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area: Hughes Road and Madison and South Parkway in Huntsville. Let me just suggest to you that tomorrow is the day when you might need to take that extended break from work. Or maybe you're a remote worker and you're tired of sitting in your pajamas or your flannel pants at your house working. Maybe you go on down there because they set the environment up for y'all. I mean, both locations, I've been to both, I love them both, and both locations are designed for you to hang out. You can can find that corner table, or they even have those kind that you can plug your laptop in and use the Wi-Fi. And they've got the ability for you to uh, just kind of chill there for a while. The environment at Just Love Coffee Cafe is right on par with the level of the, 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 the beverages and the food. So, yeah, check them out. Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations, Hughes Road in Madison, South Parkway in Huntsville. Go on down there, get you the big fat cappuccino and sit over in the corner and get a little work done or read a book or just chill with a friend. I'm just saying it's worth it. Just Love Coffee Cafe. And, and tell them you heard about it here on Right Side Radio, by the way. All right, wrapping up uh, the uh, second dipper of the day, the fight for life. So just, to, just so you know, so last year changed everything. Roe v. Wade was the law of the land since 1973, and then last year the Dobbs decision came out. And when the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which came out of Mississippi, when Dobbs came down, it changed everything. Because in essence, what Dobbs said is there is no constitutional right to an abortion. 
and and Justice Samuel Alito, who wrote the court's opinion, he, he, he literally wrote in there that the Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion within their own state boundaries. So, all of a sudden, states got busy. Well, I'll be honest with you, I was proud to be a part of the state Senate here, and we got busy a long time before this. We not only passed a number of uh, pro-life bills, some of which I personally sponsored, uh, but we also um, uh, had it embedded in our state constitution that our state would not provide any state-level constitutional right to an abortion. So what that meant was that Alabama was poised. We were one of, I want to say, around 18 states that had uh, what they might have called trigger laws put in place, reactive laws, laws that got triggered by the Dobbs decision. So when Dobbs happened, bam, that night, we were a pro-life state, and, and they couldn't do a thing about it. Now, what they're trying to do about it is, you know, male abortifacients uh, into our state. Well, I got news. We not only have pro-life legislation that says don't perpetrate abortions on unborn children in our state, we also have chemical endangerment of an unborn child on the laws, on the books. Other states now are having to catch up, and I don't fault them for it. I'm just saying we got ready early, and I'm glad we did. South Carolina. South Carolina lawmakers, it says here, a story on Fox News dated yesterday. South Carolina lawmakers have now moved one step closer to banning abortion from the point of conception after they approved a bill 83 to 31 in their state Senate. Theirs looks like it's going to be a mirror image of ours, is what it sounds like. They call theirs also the Human Life Protection Act, and it would ban abortion in the state of South Carolina. And it also guarantees that nobody would be deprived of life without due process of law. So, Justice Samuel Alito, who wrote the piece at the Supreme Court of the United States literally gave South Carolina the right to do what it's doing right now. And, of course, the fight is on. But right now, they have won. I'm sorry, it was in the House of Representatives, 83 to 31, and now it goes to their state Senate for consideration. They have a Republican governor who I believe will sign that if they can get it passed. On just the opposite side, kind of heartbreaking. Like, what's happened to Minnesota? But here's a story from January 31st of this year. You may remember this. Governor Tim Waltz, Democrat of Minnesota, was just so proud to sign a bill passed by the legislature that guaranteed the right to an abortion in Minnesota. And they like to call it reproductive care access because certainly when you kill a baby, you're about reproductive care as opposed to anti-reproductive care. I am biased, but I will say this. What's happening in Minnesota is their right. Their people now have the same right under Dobbs to do the opposite of what Alabama has done and what South Carolina is doing. But they, their law took effect immediately. It was signed into law just a couple weeks ago, making Minnesota now the very first state to adopt legislative action in the post-Roe v. Wade era, it says. Several other states have already expanded some of their accesses to abortions, but Minnesota went one step further. It said the their law is to ensure the access to abortion. And even went on so far as to add legal protections into the state law of Minnesota to protect people that travel to Minnesota to get an abortion because they can't get it where they live. And, you know, and then some of the pro-choice doctors, I like to call them pro-choice, they, the pro-choice doctors are saying, now they and their colleagues can breathe a sigh of relief that they won't be criminalized. Well, okay, maybe you stop killing kids. Um, whew, wow, that one. Um, but Iowa, Iowa's got it going on. 
So Iowa had to determine whether or not their constitution had anything in place where they knew what they could do. So last year after Dobbs came out, Iowa, their Supreme Court ruled the state's constitution there did not guarantee the right to an abortion, giving state lawmakers now the right to statutorily do things. So the Iowa Supreme Court stepped in, said, guess what? Dobbs. And oh, by the way, at state level, we don't have anything in our constitution that appears to uphold any right to a constitutional right to an abortion in the state of Iowa. So the Iowa state legislature is now free and clear to go and take what measures it can. So this is this is happening uh, left and right. What is the exact thing that was supposed to be there in the first place? The thing that was taken away by Roe v. Wade. To allow states to have a sovereign say in whether they are a life or death state when it comes to abortion. And some would call it reproductive health care. And again, that's such a misnomer. That is, that's, so, that's so disingenuous. Stop, stop putting a flowery name on it. Why don't you just call it the, the right to kill our babies? I mean, that's what it really is. But they want to call it reproductive health care because it makes them feel better, makes them look less culpable. Um, we get back from this break, I'm going to tell you, this fight, it's cultural. It's not just in the states. We're also seeing certain things like, you know, what happens when leadership like Kamala Harris actually decides to misquote the Declaration of Independence in her quest to see babies uh, uh, defeated uh, or life defeated for babies. But then what happened at the National Archives just the other day is also pretty galling, but at least... They got busy and went to court and fixed it. Boomer, take us to a break, bro. We'll do that right now. We'll take this one last break. We'll come right back from this, and we'll wrap up the day. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Well, time now, 4.50. Uh, everybody's in go-home mode. I just had one of our texters, uh, uh, Sema, the truck driver. How do you pronounce it? Is it Sama, Sema, Sema? Anyway, I apologize. I can't, I can't pronounce from a text. So, so, brother, just text me in and tell me how best to pronounce your name. But he's a truck driver, and he also pointed out, if you're driving in the rain, please turn on your headlights. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, do that, uh, follow the rules of the road, and uh, get home safe in this, in this weather that we got that could get more extreme as the evening goes on. Um, so uh, ZLA Solutions, man, I tell you what, ZLA Solutions has been kicking it. So if, you, if you're a business and you're looking for people, ZLA Solutions, they can do the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing if necessary, blue collar, white collar, no collar, don't matter. What I'm saying is that ZLA Solutions is there to help you round out your staffing needs, whether it be temp or direct hire. And it doesn't matter whether it's like, you know, just a onesies and twosies with special niche skills or if you need a whole shift of people. They can help you with that stuff. 
And they also right now are in the measure of a higher swing up in the, in the hiring swing up in the uh, Redstone Arsenal uh, uh, area. They are hiring right now for a major uh, opportunity for white collar, high tech work. Um, go on their website, check it all out, ZLAUSA.com. That's the website, ZLAUSA.com. And, and, and check it out. They got great paying jobs. They're hiring for any number of different types of jobs. And tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. I would appreciate that very much. All right, we're going to wrap the day up. I'm going to finish up. It looks like it's a two-dipper day, John, from Huntsville. I apologize, bro. We're not getting all three, but it's because we had so much content. Um, tomorrow we'll get to that military readiness question. Uh, I just got a text a minute ago, too, from one of our listeners that said, um, and let me find it real quick. Was that, uh, yeah, it was Paul. It was John from Huntsville. Uh, just texted in and said, um, that Black Hawk crash. Uh, apparently it's even caused bus route delays for certain school systems. And it was one horrible crash. Yeah, I think it, I think it really was. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs just texted in and my texting system is slow. It would say, he says, I'm confident that pro-abortion Democrats become hypocrites when their family members move towards the removal of an unborn child. I, I, I wonder, man, I wonder. Um, yeah, and then I had another one that I was going to jump on here, too. Once again, by the way, congratulations to William from Huntsville, who wants to know, do we have any right-side radio onesies for his brand-new baby? <laughs> I said, I said no, and he goes, he says, we got to make that a priority. <laughs> I may could help with that. You might could. I may be able to you help with that. You might know a guy knows I a guy. I might know a guy. Knows a guy knows a guy. I know a guy knows a guy. Hey, uh, uh, Samah. Samah. That's did his he, name. He just called in? He just called in. He's like, oh, it's just Samah. Samal, thank everywhere. you so much. Appreciate and thanks you. for listening, man. Absolutely. Uh, wrapping this thing up, you know, the fight for life, it's a state-level fight. But right now, the Biden administration can't let it go. And they're, they're leading the – I mean, they, they literally don't care that the Dobbs decision – I mean, they care. But they don't care that the Dobbs decision says states have a right. No, no. They, they don't want it to be. In fact, Kamala Harris, if you recall this, just a few weeks ago, went down to Florida. I mean, she can't go to the southern border – but she can go to Florida to give a speech on why abortion should be a right for everybody. And while she was there, this woman, who's the vice president of the United States, who was a former attorney general for the state of California, who allegedly has a law degree, I would assume, she literally chose to misquote the Declaration of Independence to make sure she left off life. And here's her quote. She said, so we're here together because we collectively believe and know America is a promise. America is a promise. It's a promise of freedom and liberty, not for some, but for all. A promise we made the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Actually, it's we are each endowed with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But when you're giving a speech about death, it's kind of hard to include the word life. And there's your vice president. We also had a situation that happened just the other day. Um, mm, wow. And what's, what's, by the way, I could not find what their shirts said, but we had some folks who were up in D.C. for the uh, National uh, Right to Life, um, the march on the, on the mall. And while they were there, they went to the archives, the National Archives. If you've ever been to the National, it's very cool. Go to the National Archives. You can see the original copies of the U.S. Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, other historically significant documents. It's just, it's humbling to be there. It's a part of the, um, the whole museum complex in and around the Washington Mall. And so we had a group of students and adults from a Catholic school in South Carolina that went up there for the March for Life. 
and were wearing their shirts indicating that they were pro-life. And the National Archive staff banned them from coming in. Yeah, this is a federally funded, taxpayer-funded museum where the irony is it's the building where you get to go and see the documents that guaranteed you the right to the freedom of speech. And they were not allowed to wear those shirts. They weren't vulgar. They were just saying that basically life matters. And I don't have, I need to find a picture of what shirts they were wearing because I guarantee you they weren't rude. They were just literally shirts that declared a pro-life message on their clothing. And the staff at the National Archive warned them that they could not come in and then ban them from coming in unless they covered them up. Well, they filed suit. Yes, they did. So the story that I've got, the very first one I had was a story that was dated just around yesterday and the incident took place towards the end of January, uh, January 20th, I believe. They filed suit almost immediately. And guess what? Almost immediately, they got not only an apology, they got a personal tour. So I, I, will, I will end on this high note, that while the fight may be going on, and while the right to life, or the fight for life for that matter, um, is not going to end anytime soon, that we, we, at the very least what we're seeing here is there are some folks who recognize, you know what, we shouldn't have done it that way. That's not the way we do. That is, that is, that is not how we're going to, that's, that's not going to be the thing that the National Archives and Records Administration is going to represent in the face of guarding the documents that protect the right to the freedom of speech and support the fact that we have a tripartite, co-equal, three branches of government, one of whom decided that the states do have a right to determine life. We're not going to keep people out for wearing a T-shirt. And they apologized. And they got a uh, in-person tour. And that's what they called in the article... Uh, the result of a good-faith, arm's-length negotiation, and I'm glad for it. I'm sorry it took a lawsuit to get there, but I'm glad that it resolved the way it did. All right, folks, you're an amazing audience, so we're going to be back here tomorrow. You guys stay tuned to the weather tonight. I'm looking right now. The latest update is that we do have uh, continued potential for what they're calling enhanced risk of uh, severe thunderstorms, strong tornadoes, potentially golf ball-sized hail, they're saying and straight-line winds. So this one's going to come through with a vengeance. Here's the other thing. Let me find my weather on this. What was the high today, Boomer? They're like 72, 73? Man, if, if, it was hot. It, it was, felt it was hot. Unnatural. <laughs> we have the air conditioning blowing right yes, now in the do. studio. But tomorrow, Charlene was telling me, she said, you know the high today? Okay, it's 74 right Ooh. now. Uh, and tomorrow, let me find this 10-day weather. Tomorrow, it's only going to be a high of 46. <laughs> What? <laughs> in Alabama, of course. Yeah, Just make, wait 15 minutes. It's going to change. That's right. Let's make, oh you, my make your teeth crack. Um, but yeah, you, you got you got you got some serious weather blowing through right now. Uh, and then tomorrow it gets back to feeling like February. It's even going to be a low of 27. Dude, how do we go from a high of 74 to a low of 27? That is just that's just kind of obnoxious, to be honest. I don't even know what to wear in the morning. I mean, do I do I put on a jacket or no? I don't know. <laughs> well, listen, we love you guys. You have an amazing night. Boomer and I are back here tomorrow at 2. We'll see you then.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right.